The Tar Heels have a critical opportunity in front of them on Saturday against Kentucky to log another resume-building win. And oh, by the way, in the process, move to 3-0 against the SEC this season. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, December 15th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you everydayers for joining us on today's episode to get your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on College to get $20 off your first purchase. Hey, look. This game is going to be electric tomorrow against Kentucky. You're going to want to be part of our Discord channel where there's going to be a game thread going off with all sorts of Carolina folks unpacking it and talking about it in real time. If you want to be in on that, the link is in the show notes. Whether you're watching or listening, you can find it there. Seriously, come join us. You won't be disappointed. By the way, it is a two-episode Friday. There is a crossover episode with Lance Daw, the host of Locked on Kentucky, that we have recorded as well. I'm going to link to it just right up here in case you want to check that out as well. Good stuff there. Lance does a great job, and so you're not going to want to miss that. By the way, in addition to getting you ready for the game, I'm going to take an L today, and here's what I mean. Since we're talking Carolina, Kentucky, I thought it would be finally time for me to share with you the story of when I had an opportunity to go see what turned out to be the Luke May shot over Kentucky in person, and I said no. Well, I'll tell you all about that in segment three today, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But we also got our four corners preview, and uh, before that, want to just get you ready for the game, why it's important, give some context, and all of that. So, Let's start there. Before we get to the game itself, let's contextualize it a little bit. Anytime that North Carolina and Kentucky get together to play a basketball game, it matters. People tune in because it's two blue bloods. It doesn't matter if they're one and two in the nation or if they're unranked. When Carolina and Kentucky play, it's going to be a thing. People tune in because they expect great basketball. People tune in because they expect electric performances. People tune in with excitement because something unreal could happen, like that Luke May shot, or like the game earlier that season where, unfortunately, Malik Monk put up 47 on the Tar Heels. Because it's Carolina, because it's Kentucky, there's going to be so many eyeballs on this game, and people are going to determine how they feel about both of these teams, quite frankly, based on this game and the performance in it. And yes, that includes the eyeballs of a certain selection committee that you want to leave a good lasting impression with. And and I want to say this, and I, I'm guilty of this uh, too, of saying it would be very easy to talk ourselves into, oh, it's just a fun non-con game against Kentucky. The outcome isn't that big a deal. It's just a measuring stick. Okay, look, maybe that was true a little bit of the UConn game and the sentiment that we had after that. Because look, Carolina played really well, but they weren't, it, it was clear from that game, they are not yet ready to be in the UConn stratosphere. It's just, it's just true. They were able to compete, but they weren't able to hang for the full 40 minutes. So Carolina has not yet got into that elite status with UConn and Purdue and Arizona. 
But both of these teams, Kentucky and Carolina, are knocking on the door of trying to get there to prove that they belong in that elite echelon. But there's none of that like, oh, measuring stick, moral support, or moral victory in this game. This is a game where if Carolina wins, you will hear me rave. You will hear these words come out of my mouth. This was a monumental win for Carolina, a resume builder, one that will have cachet on Selection Sunday. And by the same token, I'm not going to try to, like, we'll talk about the silver lining of it, but if Carolina loses, I'm not going to make it some rosy everything's perfect. I'm going to say, look, if Carolina loses, this is an opportunity lost. Carolina might have gotten better in some things, but they hurt themselves by losing this game. This is a critical game, and I want you to feel the weight of that in the same way I do. The Tar Heels have to come out guns blazing. And and here's the thing. Kentucky is very talented, but a very young team. And so we're going to find out if Carolina's college basketball experience, remember they're like, I think I said fourth in the nation in terms of D1 experience. So is that going to pay off in terms of shaking the rust off from finals week and being ready to go? We'll find out. And yes, you have banked this win over Tennessee, easily the biggest resume builder prior to this point. But now, you have to prove to the nation that you can do it away from the Smith Center. And and not yet in a true road environment. That's going to come in spades at the start of the main chunk of ACC play at Pitt, at Clemson, and at NC State to start, by the way. But this is a neutral site game where you have a chance to prove it away from home in, in the first kind of major way since Atlantis. Prove to the nation that you are ready to move up a tier. And I don't know about you, but as Carolina and Kentucky get ready to play, I always have this like uh, trepidation before the game. I was texting with a buddy who's a Kentucky fan, and he's like, dude, I, I am struggling this week. And I was like, bro, me too. I just I feel confident in this Carolina team. But there's also this thing of like, even if Kentucky's not playing well, which they haven't particularly done in their last two games, there's this, you know the talents there, and you have this fear of in a one-off moment, they could suddenly realize, oh, we're playing another really talented basketball team. Let's flip the switch and go off. And that would be like the embarrassment of the last time these two teams played that we probably just won't talk about right now. So what you got to do is you got to go out and you got to punch this young team in the mouth from the tip. You got to establish dominance And you got to be able to, you got to see if you can force them to crumble and just be done in the first half. I want Carolina to establish themselves, get up so big and be so dominant that people say, oh man, I turned in, tuned in for an epic Carolina, Kentucky game, but it's not a game. I'm going to find some, uh, something else to watch. I want that to be what happens at the end of this. So all that said, let me give you some setup for this game, and then we'll get into the Four Corners recap and and some other odds and ends. Carolina, Kentucky, Tar Heels number nine, both in the AP poll and in the Locked On College Basketball. Kentucky 17th in the Locked On poll, 14th in the AP poll. This is part of the CBS Sports Classic, the nightcap of it. You've got UCLA and Ohio State tipping off at three, the Tar Heels and Wildcats at 5.30 or 30 minutes after the conclusion of that first game. This is going to be in Atlanta this year. You remember last year it was up in New York. As of this recording, there's no FanDuel line yet, but Carolina is favored by two at Ken Palm, 85-83. This is the 43rd meeting between these two schools. 
And Lance and I talked about this on the crossover episode, but you might not have guessed this, but Carolina holds the all-time series lead 25-17. And what's really neat, this is part of why I said when these two teams get together, you expect epic things. Of the 43 matchups now, this is the 26th time where both teams are ranked in the AP poll. And it's the 20th time, almost half of their matchups, both teams have been ranked in the top 15. That is incredible stuff, and that'll be the case again this season. As you know, Kentucky is coached by John Calipari. This is his 15th season at Kentucky. That does not feel real to me, but it is currently, as of this recording, Kentucky is 22nd at Ken Palm. Similar to Carolina, their offense is more highly rated than is their defense. They're 15th in offensive efficiency and 53rd in defensive efficiency. Preseason, they were picked fourth in the SEC media poll behind Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. So far on the young season, they're seven and two. Their best wins are fine. They beat Miami at home. I say beat. They crushed Miami at home. Let's be honest about that. Uh, they beat St. Joe's at home. That's their second most impressive win, if that tells you anything about Kentucky's resume so far. That was also a game at home. But those two wins are the Wildcats' only two wins over teams that are currently top 150 at Ken Palm. They have not beat another top 150 team thus far. As for their two losses, one of them very understandable. It was to Kansas in the Champions Classic game. They only lost by five points. That's what I'm saying when I'm like, Oh, when the lights come on against a team like Carolina, they'll make it happen. And that's what you saw in that game. But their other loss is confounding. It was two Saturdays ago, 80 to 73 loss in Rupp at home to UNC Wilmington. So they're, as I said, in a one-off scenario, you never know what's going to happen. And that's the interesting thing about this Kentucky team is they've been very inconsistent so far. So hopefully we get that version of the Wildcats tomorrow. Um, as for players to watch, as for the um, Four Corners preview and a couple other odds and ends, we're going to get to that in just a second because I want to get you ready for what's going to actually happen within this game. So we're going to do that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Game Time. Oh, man, look, we are just over a week away from Christmas. Maybe you need a last-minute gift idea. Or, hey, I don't know, maybe you want to go see Kentucky and Carolina tomorrow last minute. Well, good news, you're in luck with Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sporting events, but also music, comedy, theater, drama, whatever it is, they got you covered. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of getting these last-minute tickets. You shouldn't have to worry about uh, when you buy tickets to your next big event, and that's why Game Time has you covered. Hot deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE to get $20 off. Terms apply. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about Kentucky this season, who to watch and what to know. Um, while they are a team dominated by incoming and very, very talented, not incoming anymore, they're there, they're playing, but a very talented freshman class. The, the first notable place we got to start is with two upperclassmen. One is Antonio Reeves, who was at Kentucky last year. He was their best player down the stretch. 
it hung in the balance if he'd come back. And if he didn't, oh boy, but he did. And then after the Bob Huggins fiasco at West Virginia, Trey Mitchell um, decided to come down to Kentucky where he's been playing their five most of the season. What's so interesting about this freshman class is it's guys like DJ Wagner and Rob Dillingham and um, who, who am I? Justin Edwards. That's who I was trying to think of that. That are the guys you need to know. They were the most heralded coming in, but it has been Reed Shepard who has been the freshman to know. And he's not even really, he started like one game so far. Um, but all of a sudden, this young man has first round buzz. By the way, if you're a longtime college basketball fan, you remember his dad, Jeff Shepard, who played at Kentucky as well. So he's a legacy for the Wildcats. But listen to these numbers, 13 points a game, 4.6 boards, 3.8 assists. He's a guard, by the way, three steals a game. That is insane. Just shy of a block a game, 0.9. He's shooting 92% from the free throw line. He's shooting 61% from the field and 59% from three on 4.3 attempts a game. This dude is like the quintessential definition of stat stuffer. And he's not even in the starting lineup. Maybe he will be for this game, but he's only started once a season and it was not Kentucky's most recent game. But also critical for the Wildcats and maybe bad news for Carolina is that they've just recently gotten seven footer Aaron Bradshaw back. So Kentucky has three seven footers that projected to be in the rotation. None of them have been playing this season. One big Z because of some uh, eligibility issues. And then you got to and Aaron Bradshaw because of injuries. Well, Onyenso is almost back. In fact, he might be available for this game, but Aaron Bradshaw is back. And he could cause some major problems for Carolina. So watch out for him. Also, it is an elite backcourt. DJ Wagner is probably the biggest name that we had heard. He's just been kind of okay, although he's been in the starting lineup. But it's really been Shepard and Rob Dillingham, um, whom Carolina folks probably remember well. We recruited him, and, and, and I think a lot of people wanted him to play. And for good reason, he's been strong. Um, but uh, th those are the guys in the backcourt that really worry me. Um, but the typical starters are Antonio Reeves, Trey Mitchell, DJ Wagner, Justin Edwards, and Adu Thiero at the four. So we will look to see, you know, will Reed Shepard be in the starting lineup? Maybe Rob Dillingham, maybe Aaron Bradshaw. We'll just have to wait and see. Any of that seems like a possibility to me. Okay, let's get to the four corners preview because I want to get you ready for like, what am I watching for in this game? What is going to matter? What are going to be some of the key indicators of how things are going? Number one, the first four minutes of this game are critical for Carolina's success. If you watched yesterday's show, uh, my conversation with Coach Rob, like we do every week, you know that he and I talked about like, how you go about not letting that rust become a thing. Coach Davis talked about at his uh, radio show earlier this week that rust would not be a thing. And that's what a coach has to say. But we've seen it year after year. This first game back for the Tar Heels from finals week, there is rust. So the Kentucky has played more recently, although it's been a full week. So you expect some rust from both teams but less so from Kentucky, more so from Carolina. So the first four minutes, the time leading up to the first media timeout are critical. I talked about it earlier. I want Carolina to not only not have rust, but to come out and just blitz this game. Like make Kentucky do like that whole cartoon thing. We're like, I, 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 you know what I mean? Like that's what needs to happen. So we're going to be watching for that. Four corners preview point 
number two. Cormac Ryan. You know, Carolina has had such consistency from R.J. Davis. I mean, good grief. Um, Harrison Inger, I'm really curious to see how Carolina deploys and utilizes him against Kentucky. I think there's going to be some potential advantages there. And then uh, in Armando, we'll, we'll talk about him in a minute. But you expect uh, at least strong levels of production from those three. But in a game against a team as talented as Kentucky, there's got to be a fourth score to help balance this thing out. And maybe some of that's Elliott stepping in. He, he looked for his own shot a little bit more, at least getting to the rim against UConn. But man, I, I am hopeful that this layoff has given Cormac Ryan's ankle time to more fully heal so he can get that elevation on his jump shot and be a more, you know, like obviously drilling it from the free throw line. He's been uh, aggressive getting to the rim, but he needs to be able to hit from outside to keep teams honest. And so I'm watching for that. Secondly, number three in our four corners preview, talking about Cormac Ryan getting to the free throw line, Carolina is making more free throws than their opponents are taking that, that advantage has only been expanded in the last you know, couple games against Florida State, against UConn. Carolina has even built that out more. We need to continue to see that. Carolina getting to the line a ton, Carolina converting at the line a ton, which you expect them to do with RJ Davis, with Cormac Ryan. Armando should get to the line a ton. He needs to get the Kentucky bigs in foul trouble, but he's got to convert like he had been doing, excuse me, had been doing prior to the UConn game. And by the same token, Carolina needs to keep Kentucky off the free throw line. Now, Kentucky is not a team that goes to the free throw line a ton, at least so far this season. The numbers don't bear that out. So that needs to be true. Carolina needs to get to the line. They need to convert and they need to keep Kentucky away from it. Fourthly, on the four corners preview, what I'm watching for is Armando Baycott's performance particularly if Aaron Bradshaw is spending time on him. We know that sometimes Armando struggles, of, uh, at least to some degree, against bigger, longer, rangier, more athletic guys, such as Donovan Klingon against UConn. How is Bradshaw able to shut him down? Now, part of this, while Bradshaw's bigger, he is slight. Armando has the heft advantage, and he can back him down in the post. Um, if it's Trey Mitchell, he's not going to have the size for Armando. Armando can do work with him. So uh, Armando needs to be wise. Again, we talked about experience. He needs to lean on that and uh, give us a, a strong double-double. Like I'm talking like a 15-15, 20-15 kind of game. That's what Carolina needs from Armando Baycott in this matchup to help offset what RJ and, and uh, Harrison Ingram are doing. And again, hopefully... Um, others, you know, this is a game where others have to chip in as well. That's what happens with great teams need all that. Okay. So there's the four corners preview first four minutes of the game, Cormac Ryan free throw line, Armando Baycott watch for those things with me. I do want to make, uh, just point out three other kind of random notes for you. I talked about how Kentucky was fourth in the SEC preseason poll. It's Tennessee, Texas A&M, Arkansas, then Kentucky. Now, look, I know preseason polls are just preseason polls, but there is some merit to them. They are at times more predictive than you would imagine, even though Arkansas is not playing incredibly well right now. You just keep watching what the Hogs are doing. Somebody like I, I put this out on Twitter on Thursday and somebody clapped back at me and was like, uh, bro, do you realize they've been playing basketball for a month and it's not preseason? I'm like, bro, 
come on, what are we doing? Yes, obviously I do. I'm just pointing this out. So here's what I want to point out. Those top four teams, obviously Carolina hasn't played A&M, but they've played the other top four teams in the SEC. Beat the Vols, beat the Hogs, and now have the opportunity to go 3-0 and against the preseason top four SEC teams. That's resume building, folks, right there. Now, uh, the second thing I want to mention is that both teams, both Kentucky and Carolina, are right now working to find their ceiling. They are both extremely talented, but I mentioned Kentucky's inconsistency. That's because they're so young. With Carolina, they are not only extremely talented, but also extremely experienced, but not all at Carolina, right? It's There's only four returners, Armando, RJ, Seth, and Jalen. Seth Tremble and Jalen Washington, to be a little more specific. Um, and the other seven scholarship guys are all newcomers, either freshmen or transfer. And so Carolina's inconsistency at times so far has been because they're still trying to figure out how to gel. And as Coach Rob talked about yesterday, that's much more difficult on the defensive side. Carolina's offense is elite, and we expect that again on Saturday because same thing, Kentucky is elite offensively and fine defensively. So. That's interesting. Both these teams trying to break through what seems like they're ceiling right now and say, hey, look, we belong at the tip top of the sport. One other thing you need to know about Kentucky in particular is in the same way that Carolina has modernized their offense under Hubert Davis with, with more threes, with no two traditional bigs. That's been one of the knocks against Kentucky the past couple of years is Coach Cal's inability or unwillingness to do the same. This year, it's a different story. Kentucky's taken more threes than ever before under Coach Cal. They're leaning into that side of it. So again, these two teams have a lot of similarities to them. And so it's going to be very telling as we watch this game on Saturday. So I am very excited. I'm very nervous. I'm very curious. How is this going to play out? Um, hopefully one team, the Tar Heels, will leave feeling very good about themselves. And Kentucky's going to leave scratching their heads as uh, what happened in this game. All right. I have a story for you about yours truly saying no to an opportunity to see what turned out in person to be the Luke May shot. My face is flushed and I am embarrassed, but it is true. And I want to tell you the story because it is a humdinger and I don't think I've ever told it on the podcast. So now is the appropriate time. We'll get to that story in just a second, right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Prize Picks. Hey, testing your skills on prize picks this season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's super simple to play. You just make your picks and submit your entry, and you can do all that in less than 60 seconds. And they have quick withdrawals, they have easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types that make this prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Just you against the numbers, and you picking more or less on a stat for two to six different players. Here's an example. There's a Christmas day special where Kevin Durant's points are lowered from 29 and a half to 0.5 points. And you just take the more or the less. Thanks prize picks. Take the more. I'm telling you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com and use code Locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, here we go. Story time with Isaac. I know usually each week we have story time with Coach Rob. We had that yesterday. 
but I thought it was time for me to share with you my story about missing the Luke May game. All right, so here it goes. I live in southwest Missouri in a town called uh, Webb City, just north of Joplin, Missouri. Uh, our best friends, my wife's best friend from growing up, they've been best friends since they were like four years old. She and her husband live down in Birmingham, Alabama. He's a professor of sports at Samford University down there. So from where we live in southwest Missouri to get there, you drive right through Memphis, Tennessee. And what do you know? In the spring of 2017, that just happened to be where Carolina's regional was at after that in that comeback against Arkansas in the second round. Do you remember that? That was extremely stressful. Well, Carolina's regional just happened to be in Memphis, Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games. That pod, you might remember, involved UCLA. That was the Lonzo Ball team. It involved uh, Butler, and it involved Kentucky. So on a lark, we said, hey, you know what? Let's spend the night in Memphis on the way through to Birmingham. Let's go to the open practice the next day and just kind of walk around Memphis and see what we can find. It'll be fun. Let's go to the Peabody Hotel, see the ducks, and it'll be a whole thing. So we parked downtown. We get out of the car and we're walking out. And who should we see walking by? But there goes Eric Montross and Jones Angel and Adam Lucas all together. And, uh, you know, Eric, uh, Tar Heel, great. Uh, Jones, the voice of the Tar Heels. Adam, the scribe of the Tar Heels. Three great dudes. And so uh, we follow. We're like, hey, let's see where they're going. Let's follow them, see if we can track them down, say, hey, whatever, be great. We, we never were able to track them down. They were too far ahead of us. But interestingly, where they were going was the Peabody Hotel, which is where we eventually wanted to get to anyway, because that's where the Tar Heels stay when they're in Memphis. And oh, by the way, for those of you that listen to the Carolina Insider pod, I'm pretty sure that if I've done all my logistics correctly, they were actually coming from that breakfast where Eric, the Big Grits moniker came from. Uh, So I'm pretty sure I saw them right after that, which is just a fun uh, story there. But we go into the Peabody and they're like, cool, when are the ducks coming? All that. Let's look around. Well, we're standing there and Coach Steve Robinson comes down the elevator. I'm like, oh yeah, the Tar Heels stay here. So eventually the whole team comes down because they're getting ready to load on the bus and go out. And so um, it was myself, my wife, Maggie, and our son Paxton, who was like a year and a half at the time. We had this little mini Carolina basketball with him. So uh, got Justin Jackson to sign it, got Tony Bradley to sign it. And uh, he, he was holding his ball and it like slipped out of his hands and rolled over to the feet standing in front, uh, over to the feet of the person standing right in front of him. And Pax looks up and sees Coach Roy Williams standing there. Coach bends down, picks up the ball and hands it back to my son. I was like, hey, thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. And so that was great. So we hang out in Memphis, go to the open practice. We showed up. UCLA's was right before Carolina. And uh, so we go down, get a seat right at the front row, open practice start. Coach comes by, he sees Pax and waves to him. We got a great picture of that. In fact, send it off to coach and he signed it for Pax's birthday one year. It was really cool. Um, Can show you that sometime if you'd love to see it. Maybe I'll put it in our Discord channel so folks can see that. Um, But later after open practice, I had gone to the bathroom and my wife and and Paxton were out in the concourse and coach Williams and Miss Wanda came walking by and he remembered. He was like, Hey, there's my buddy. And they had a moment. So just a fun day in Memphis. Anyway, that all ends. We head off to, to Alabama for the weekend. Carolina beats Butler. And so we're heading back on Sunday, heading back to our house the same day that Carolina is playing Kentucky in the elite eight. And we get into Memphis. It's about 40 minutes before the game's going to start. We stop for gas. And uh, my wife, Maggie, Maggie, she she said, hey, if you tell use my name in the story, you have to remind everybody Maggie of a moment with Maggie fame. 
And uh, then she chuckles. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to have to do that, I guess, after the Kentucky game. We'll get that back. But um, we stopped for gas, and she's looking at a third-party ticket website. And she said, Isaac, there's still tickets for this game. Do you want to stop uh, and and go to the game, and, and we'll see Carolina in the Elite Eight? And I was like, ah, no, we need to get home. It's already going to be like midnight as it is, and we've got school and work tomorrow, and, and Pax is so young, we can't keep him up so late. Let's just keep going. She's like, all right, if that's what you want to do. And I was like, yeah, I th- I, it's just the wise choice. Here I go, trying to be discerning, right? And so she says, all right, I'll tell you what, I'll drive, you watch the game on your computer. So I pulled out my laptop, I actually sat in the back with Pax, and my one and a half year old and I watched this game on my computer. And we're going nuts. You know, it's everything. It's Joel Berry getting hurt. It's, you know, just everything that happened in that game. Well, we finally get to where we're stopping for supper. I think it was around Little Rock. We were going to go to a, uh, not P.F. Chang's. What's, you know, the the other one? Whatever it is. I can't think of it. Um, that's like their little brother. But it's part of the P.F. Chang's. You know what I mean. So anyway, we get there. And it's like the last minute or so of the game. So we all huddle together. Maggie's with us now. And so we're going crazy in this parking lot. Payway. That's what it is. We're in a Payway parking lot. Just going bonkers. And uh, they tie it up and then the Luke shot and the whole thing. And we're going nuts in the parking lot of Payway. I'm sure people are like, what is happening in that car right now? These people are going crazy. And uh, so that happened. We go in and eat a delirious meal. We're so happy. And then we make our drive on the rest of the way home. And that was that. So that was the time that we had all these random encounters with the Tar Heels and Coach Williams. And then on the way home. I was the goober who said no to going to see that Elite Eight game that turned into be one of the most iconic games in Carolina history with one of the most iconic shots in Carolina history that I could have seen in person. But I said no. <laughs> That's where we end today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Folks, been great to be together. Again, come join our Discord. would love to chat with you during the game tomorrow. Don't forget to check out the crossover episode with Locked on Kentucky today. If you would, subscribe to the show on video or audio. We'd love it if you'd leave us a review. That helps so much. If you're watching, smash the like button so we know you're here. We'd love to hear your comments and thoughts about this game or my ridiculous story. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Can't wait to break down this game with you after hopefully a big fat dub. But until then, peace.